RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Imagine taking part in an event where you had to run 6.7 k's in an hour around a 6.7 k track or course, we'll find out in just a moment, and keep on doing that until you're the last person standing, last man standing in this case. Well, Sam Harvey knows all about that, and he has, um, within the last week or so, competed in the Backyard Ultra, the Dead Cow Endurance Race in Anango, Australia. And Sam is with me now. Hi, Sam. Hey, mate. How you getting on? Not too bad. I'm feeling a little, um, my legs are feeling a little like jelly just reading that, i got to say. <laughs> yeah, mine are, mine are mincemeat. Yeah, well, I've been a runner for the last 40 years, and I have I guess the most I've done is about 30 Ks in any one stretch, and I know it's a great thing to run. But boy, um, this sounds like the next level. It is the next level, of course, right? Yeah, it's uh, something a little bit different. I question myself every time I go out there. <laughs> yeah, it's a hell of a challenge because that clock is ticking all the time, for as long as it takes. It's like one of those uh, contests where people, <laughs> less energy involved, where, where people have to keep their hand on the car until the, the, the last person's standing. Yeah, pretty much. It just takes a bit more work. So what made you decide to take on this? Uh, so I've been doing this since April 2021, uh, this, this particular format of ultra-distance racing. And I basically did it as there was a golden ticket to the World Championship in Tennessee involved if I had won the uh, the race in Auckland. And I have been living on and off in Tennessee since 2016. That's where I met my now wife. And wow, cool. Yeah, we'd been we'd been doing long distance over COVID, and I basically saw this as my shot to um, to get back there and see her. So I. <laughs> Got my entry and, and, and turned up and, and threw down with the big boys and girls. And, uh, yeah, I, I ran, I think it was 90 kilometres further than I ever run. I went from 160 kilometres up to about 250. Wow. And uh, ended up coming second, so I was just a little bit shy of the money, which was unfortunate. But by, by what distance? Fire in Sam, how far behind the winner? I think it was Phil Gore, right? He's an Australian runner. Oh, on this particular race uh, that we've just done, uh, because it's last person standing, uh, you can only go as far as you have someone there to assist you. So he was only allowed to do one more loop after I uh, tapped out. So I was being told by the medical team and the race organiser that I wasn't allowed to continue back at loop 95. And I uh. told them to shove that because I was there to break the world record. And so they allowed me to continue on the premise that uh, I would pull out once I had matched the world record. Oh, I got it. Phil yeah. to, to go on and win and to, to break the world record. So I'm a little bit salty about that because, I mean, effectively I was still doing 49-minute to 52-minute loops. I still had a solid sit-down. And, yeah, I mean, I was I was worse for wear, but you'd probably be worse for wear after about 700 kilometres too. So... Yeah, that, that's interesting. I, I did 677 okay. kilometres, and then I think he did his final loop, which took it up to 683 kilometres. Wow, what's that like in New Zealand terms? That's like running running not past Taupo or something, is it? 
<laughs> I don't know the North Island terms because I'm a South Island boy, but uh, yeah. I think it's from Picton to the meeting, which is Crikey. ridiculous. Yes, it is. All right. So have you been a runner all this time and just getting into this ultra distance or is, is the whole running thing? Because I've seen what you look like. You look pretty fit. Mind you, you would be even after that one race, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny. You lose, you lose quite, a, quite a few kilos. And one of my buddies, he, uh, his wife was quite happy after we, uh, we <laughs> went a big distance in one of his races because all of a sudden he had abs. So, uh, yeah. You, uh, you you certainly get a bit fitter in these things, but I I guess I've been running uh, more or less consistently since my last year of high school, which was 2010. I, uh, I got on the treadmill, so I started running to get fit for high school rugby, and rugby uh, running's always kind of been there in the background to keep me fit for the other sports, for the for the rugby and the boxing and the triathlon and the mountain bike racing and all the other stuff that I've done. And, yeah, I was just dabbling in probably a dozen different sports in around 2018. And 2018, I, I threw a, an ultramarathon onto the mix. It was just a 50K mountain ultramarathon. And I won that and set the course record. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought this ultramarathon thing was kind of fun and interesting. So I've added that to my lineup. And then uh, more so over the last two years, I've kind of just... Uh, pulled away from all the other sports, all, all the other distractions, just so I can focus on on this and, and become a world class athlete. And I guess that's what I'm starting to realise as of as of right now. Where is Nanango in Australia, by the way? Uh, so Nanango is like two hours northwest of Brisbane. Right. So you fly into Brisbane and then you, and then you kind of drive into. Uh, I guess it's kind of the outback. It's, it's definitely rural, and um, and it's on a, a cattle ranch or a cattle farm uh, out in the out in the bush. You could have run from the airport and back <laughs> and back again and back. Maybe. So, what is the okay? There's the physical effort, but you need to have your, your mental attitude. I would imagine tuned up for that too. So. How do you let it all out of the tank over that um, period of time? There must be a strategy uh, for it. You don't want to let too much go early on, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's definitely a, a long game, and you just you pace yourself. You, you you take it nice and slow. You're not afraid to walk uh, when you're running. You try not to run too fast because, I mean, effectively, a, a fast lap doesn't make a difference. It just means you've got a, a longer a longer rest period towards the hour, end of the hour, but I mean, once you start the next leg, everybody starts at the same point, and if you've um, if you've tuckered yourself out uh, on on a few fast loops, or, or you've buggered your legs on a few fast loops, then uh, you're not going to go to the distance. So yeah, it's just a, a bit of a balancing act, really. And then uh, it definitely comes down to uh, having a strong mental game, which is essentially how much do you want this? Uh, yeah, you've. Uh, You've got to you've got to really want it, and you've got to be able to kind of drown out the noise because uh, yeah, it's painful, it sucks, it's boring, <laughs> and you question and you question why you're doing it, especially for the first couple of days until you get to the pointy end of the race, and, and that's when I guess you you've done a lot of the grunt work to kind of get you to the to the special place, and, and that's uh, that's when you start to enjoy it. Hopefully, 
A 6.7k course, you got to do that within the hour, but you can do that with a mix of running and walking, I'm taking from what you just Correct. said. Yeah. What would the proportionality yeah, of that be? How, how much walking, how much running right. in that, do you think? Uh, it really depends. Um, we've got a, a few really hard courses in, in New Zealand that have a lot of uh, a lot of single track, a lot of uh, climbing and descending, and so those ones realistically force you to a walk. Yeah. And because you're doing so much walking on those uphills and downhills or whatever, then you've really got to run uh, the flat stuff or the or the runnable stuff. So it, it really depends on the course. I'll, I'll quite often shuffle my way around the entire course, not not walking, but not running yeah. the entire thing. And yeah, I'll get back in about 45 to 49 minutes, depending on uh, how late in the game it is. You obviously kind of slow down a bit uh, towards the end of end of it but uh yeah yeah still getting kind of 10, 10 minute 10 minute rest in at least is it a flat course the one you've just competed on or, or flattish yeah relatively flat in comparison to uh new zealand the yep. course is uh generally about 165 to 175 meters of elevation per loop which uh when yep. you do 30 or 40 loops that elevation adds up pretty quickly this one, I think on the day loop, might have had 45 metres of elevation right. at most. So, so, so bugger all climbing, which was, which was nice and easy, and, and the night loop was very similar. And that was very intentional. It was basically to ensure that we weren't uh, destroying our bodies and we were able to go for the long haul and, uh, and, and hunt down that world record. And uh, the rest period for the balance of the hour, uh, how much rest can you do? You might just tell me a surprising amount. I don't know, but because I know that um, those, uh, you know, those quick naps, those power naps, they, they kind of work, but that's more in the half hour, 45 minute sort of time frame. So how much rest can you get in the balance of the hour, say about 10 minutes that you have available to get ready for the next one? Yeah, uh, sometimes, sometimes it might be one minute of sleep. One minute of sleep. Of <laughs> Some sometimes if I do a faster loop, maybe maybe in forty five minutes or so, then that gives me fifteen minutes. I might chuck down some hydration and some nutrition, yeah. and that could give me that could give me ten minutes or, or five minutes of rest, which is definitely enough, especially when you are massively sleep deprived. Whereas uh, I think it was the last night, so I was I was doing a few faster ones, and I think. It, Longest I got was 15 minutes worth of sleep, and yeah, it was like I woke up and like my vision was crisp and my depth perception was on point, and it was like, oh shit, like <laughs> this, uh, this, this helped. Wow, that's amazing. So you were actually speeding up a little in the later stages. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, your legs aren't falling off. You're not forced down to um, any particular place. So yeah, unless you really are buggered or maybe a, a slower natural runner which i guess i'm not then yeah. uh, you don't you don't get forced down to uh to only having a couple of minutes of rest and what are you consuming uh for energy and and nutrition i guess during that period yeah all sorts really try to try to keep it varied because your uh your palate uh your your palate uh gets a little bit fatigued. You you don't like the same things hour after hour. So I was consuming uh, pot noodles, uh, Uncle Ben's rice, 
uh, <laughs> bacon egg pie, yeah. uh, just just a, just a little bit of this and that, honey, honey sandwiches. I drink. I quite often drink honey straight out of the bottle. Oh, okay. Yep. And then, uh, and then, as far as liquid calories go, I'm, I'm generally drinking about uh, one one bottle of water every hour, and I'll smash that while while I'm sitting down, and that'll quite often have some sort of drink mix in it, which means I'm getting my electrolytes, but I'm also getting some some liquid calories in the, in the form of a carbohydrate. Couple more questions. Was there a moment? Can you remember any particular one moment where it could have gone either way for you, or did that not come into it? What happened? Uh, yeah, I guess the ninety-five hour mark where I collapsed out on course with uh, oh. suspected pneumonia. Okay. That was, <laughs> Jeez. That was kind of touch and go. I finished that loop and came into the farmhouse, which at that point there was only two of us left in the race. So everything was operating out of the farmhouse, and I basically collapsed on the kitchen floor, gasping for air. And uh, yeah, it kind of looked like I was going to have a heart attack. But had the camera poked straight in my face, so I really hope that they use that in the documentary because uh, it'll do do the race of the service if they don't don't use that. But uh, that that was pretty pretty sketchy. But, yeah, that, yeah, that, I managed to get that under control. And you still did a little more, or was that the end of it? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did, I, did, I did six hours more after oh, that. Oh, crikey. That's amazing. So you're sort of superhuman, really. Um, and what did it feel like when when you knew you didn't have to do another one, another loop? Um, disappointed because I knew I, I could have gone more. Uh, it, it wasn't my choice that I was leaving the race. It was uh, yep. people around me had made that decision for me. However, no, I was I was satisfied. I was I was victorious because I had had set out to do what I wanted to do. And my previous my previous best was forty six hours, and I had more than doubled that to take it to one hundred and one hours. Yeah. I silenced a huge amount of doubters, both <laughs> near to me and afar. So yeah, I I'd conquered a heck of a lot, and so rather than uh, comparing and and stealing from my own joy i uh I focus on the positives and uh yeah it was uh it was massive so I bet. In, in the end um yep. I, I think i i think i've won which is which is cool and um and there's certainly an opportunity for more growth in the space so yeah i'm just looking forward to uh to the next one and the one after that and really ripping ripping down the doors and and showing people what i can do the wife must have been impressed. Yeah, the wife is quite impressed. <laughs> so that's always good. All right. Now, I watched a quick bit of you on uh, local TV, and um, you you kind of said that maybe this was part of a, could be getting it wrong here, exploring a, a higher purpose. Well, you made a comment like that. What were you saying there? Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm no longer racing for myself and, and trying to kind of please my own ego and trying to shine a light for others to show how truly limitless they can be. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of people that have reached out to me since the race saying that they've shown this to their kids and they've shown them my pathway from being a, a non-athlete to, to what I am now and, and what I've achieved. and. Yeah, that it's inspired their kids to get into it or it's inspired them themselves to 
in, into races and, and, and push their own limits. And yeah, that that's what it's all about really is 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 me lighting a lighting a fire under under other people so they can they can go and battle their demons and, and chase chase their limits. That's really cool. And um, what an effort. It's a, a great story, and um, thanks for sharing it with us, and, and congratulations to your achievement, or for your achievement. It's, it's really impressive. No worries at all. Thank you for your time, Paul. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.